So week three, home from your house, we are starting a new series today called Jesus Is, and I'm pretty excited about it. We've been planning this for months, really, and so um, I'm going to need everyone's help with this. Really, this is uh, part of our plan to help promote next week's message, which is for our Easter service. And we've put a lot of time and effort and thought into this service, and it's kind of neat now that it's only going to be on TV because of the way we're presenting it. We have a lot of testimonies that we're going to put into it, and we're kind of doing a neat little service. Um, I believe it's going to be really powerful. Anyways, what this Jesus is, we really need your help. We made a social media graphic that we put on our Facebook and our Instagram, and if you can help me, it will help us get an opportunity, the more comments we get in this thing, when you answer it and tell us who Jesus is to you, uh, we want you to go to the original post and comment on that, because as all the comments fill up, it's going to go to your friends also. What an awesome opportunity to invite them where we can bring them into our service next week. Everyone's going to be looking for a place to celebrate Easter next week, and we believe that we've prepared something special for them to reach them with the gospel of Jesus. What I realize is that many people have a different perspective of who Jesus is. Many people have a lot of different opinions. And uh, in my life, Jesus has looked uh, different and has been a different person to me in different seasons of my life. And I understand that that may be different even to some of your friends and family members. And so next week, we're going to talk about how the perspective of Jesus can change into something really glorious. It'll be good. This week is Palm Sunday, and so we're talking about who Jesus is and who he was to the people of Israel and who he is to us. I'm pretty jazzed up about this message uh, because where we are as a country right now, I realize that a lot of people, um, Jesus is all over the map, even in the church right now. And so what's happening in our country is really shaking the foundation of what a lot of us really believe. And I'm excited about that because this is an opportunity for people to grow like never before. And so it drives us right into our word and right into prayer. With that being said, I'm going to take us into scripture here today. And so we're going to Matthew chapter 21. And just before we do, can we take a moment and just pray for, for me? Yeah. All the, all the help we can get. Lord Jesus. You, would you help? Amen. Amen. So, in Matthew chapter 21, verses 6 uh, through 11, I'm going to read right now, and this is what the scripture would say. The two disciples did as Jesus commanded. They brought the donkey and a colt to him, and they threw their garments over the colt. And he sat on it. Most of the crowd spread their garments on the road ahead of him, and others cut branches from trees and spread them on the road. Jesus was in the center of this procession, and the people all around him were shouting, Praise God for the Son of David. Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Praise God in the highest heavens. And the entire city of Jerusalem was in an uproar as he entered. Who is this? They asked. And the crowds replied, It is Jesus, 
the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. I love this. There's so many things happening in this passage. So this is the, 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 like the climax of his ministry. Jesus' ministry has been going on for three years. And so what we've seen happening here is that he's um, really, he, you know, we've seen him healing. We've seen his generosity. We've seen him loving like no other teacher, making time for people and displaying the love of God in a powerful way. And he's really tried to keep his reputation on a low but people's excitement about his potential and what he brings to their life as he's changed so many people's lives. He's brought good news. A couple things I love about this passage. One, it's a direct illustration that praise brings Jesus into our life. I know right now more than ever, there's been a lot of people that are struggling with like depression, anxiety, one of the greatest things that I've done in my life that has helped me overcome depression, the Bible says in Isaiah, it says that a garment of praise covers a spirit of heaviness. When you're feeling overwhelmed, I have found that one of the greatest resources that praise breaks the yoke. Man, it breaks the bondage. It breaks, it gets us out of that old frame of mind of that I'm yucky or that everything is bad or that everything is dark and everything is doom and gloom. And when I fix my eyes on Jesus and I begin to remind myself how high and lifted up he is, how high his throne is, how powerful he is, how faithful he is, and I just worship him and I begin to praise him, it brings the spirit of God into my life surrounds me because he is the prince of peace and that heaviness comes off and what comes on me is a garment of praise it changes everything here in the scriptures we see them crying out from the the they're, they're actually quoting old testament verses it's been their desire for years and years and generations and generations and generations that the messiah would come and, and so they've heard stories of his miracles, and now th they are all gathering together because Jesus is coming into Jerusalem, and he's hailing himself. What's so funny is he's not walking on this crazy stallion. He's doing it in this humble way on a colt, on a, like, he's making himself low. And what I love about this is the humility that Jesus always carried and walked in. Well, they're, they're prophesying, they're using Old Testament verses because this has been something that would have happened around the dinner table as they would talk, one day our Savior will come. And, and blessings on, on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. It's so neat that they're quoting scripture as they're singing songs. I love that they're, how, how much value they're putting on Jesus. And I don't know if that would happen if we got word that, that the Holy Spirit was coming to your house today or the Holy Spirit was coming to church. Would we cut down tree branches so that God, who's so holy, his donkey wouldn't have to walk on, on the ground? Will we take off our, our shirts off our back and make it so beautiful for him? Like, Lord, we, we love you. You, you. you are worthy. And, and uh, I just love this, this idea of praise that these people are, are creating as they're ushering in Jesus into their city and hailing them as their king. This is pretty neat for me. Well, the, the, the thing that's kind of weird is uh, in my life, I don't know if I've ever praised in such an extravagant way like that. I kind of get this image of this political atmosphere. I don't know why. Maybe it's because people get a little overly extravagant in times of political scenarios. 
And I'm not talking about a party. It can be any country or any king or any president or any prime minister or any of these things, really. But what's really funny is um, they loved Jesus because of what they believed he was going to do in their life. This week is something that's kind of special, and uh, I'm really excited about what's happening because, as you know, it's our mission here um, to become disciples. We're not trying to make Christians. There's plenty of Christians on earth. What we're trying to do is become like God. We're trying to become more like Jesus, to act like him, to talk like him, to think like him. And so we want to learn him. The Apostle Paul said in the book of Corinthians that I, I, I want to know Jesus in his sufferings, but I want to be found in the power of his resurrection. Man, that's powerful. I want to know God in the power of his resurrection. That's it, man. When someone that is in my life has an issue, I don't want to call someone else. I want to know that I have the power of Jesus living inside me because I know the love of God because I know his sufferings. I know why he suffered. Here's the cool thing. I, I do not believe that this has to be, this distancing thing has to be like um, a low in any of our spiritual lives. In fact, I believe that what God is doing is shaking the very foundation of our country, the very foundation of our globe. And as he's peeling back layers and reminding us that what we need is him, I believe he's trying to bring breakthrough into our lives. I don't think that we need someone to teach us how to pray. I think that we have to decide that now is the time that I'm going to pray. And... Uh, this week is actually a special week and can be one of the greatest weeks of our Christian life. What I mean by that is that I want to challenge you this week with us to journey into the scriptures as we take part of Holy Week. In, in the um, descriptions down below, there's going to be a link to a devotion in the YouVersion Bible app. And that will take you into the scriptures with us as we journey with Jesus through all of the things that he would have done. Also, um, we were going to be sending out daily devotional videos on Facebook or on Instagram. We're also going to be doing it in, the, in our, the Way Lakeland app where you can click on the devotions and every day this week starting tomorrow, today we will start the YouVersion Bible app, but tomorrow we'll have a video to kind of explain to you where Jesus is on the journey to the cross and through the tomb. And it'll be powerful, man. This week, we can really submerge ourselves into understanding not just what Jesus did, but why he did it. And that's more important than anything. What I love that's going on here is in, in Matthew chapter 21 is the way that people exalted Jesus. They worshiped him. They believed he was going to do great things. But what blows my mind is that we see the entire city of Israel gathering, worshiping him. And we see them defining who is Jesus. Well, we see this perspective that it, Jesus uh, is, is a prophet from, from Nazareth or Galilee. He's, he is the, the son of David. He's, he is the king. He is the Messiah. He's the anointed one. He is the one who is going to make all the difference. These are the questions that they're defining him as. What I've learned in my own life is that Jesus looks different in some seasons. Um, and so uh, sometimes 
I can get the idea that Jesus is, um, you know, the cleanser, he's the anointer, he's the one that heals my soul, he is perfect for me. But I have expectations for Jesus, and there's been times in my life, and I know is happening in the body of Christ, and I'm thankful for it. And I'm hoping that there are pastors in your life and friends in your life that can help you, rebuke you, and help you to recognize when things are wrong. Sometimes when God doesn't meet our standard, the perspective of Jesus can change. You think that I'm being crazy. This is exactly what happened in the life of Jesus. We go from Matthew chapter 21, and then just three days later, there's a completely different perspective in the crowds of Israel. Uh, If you would go with me to Mark chapter 6, we see a completely different perspective. I mean, it's almost like it's an unrecognizable person. This is a completely different dude. Mark chapter 16, verse 6 Now, it was the governor's custom each year during the Passover celebration to release one prisoner. Everyone, the people requested. I'm sorry, anyone, the people requested. One of the prisoners at the time was Barabbas, a revolutionary who had committed murder in an uprising. The people, the crowd, went to Pilate and asked him to release a prisoner as usual. Would you like me to release to you this king of the Jews? Pilate asked. For he realized by now that the leading priest and had arrested Jesus out of envy. But at this point, the leading priest stirred up the crowds to demand the release of Barabbas instead of Jesus. Pilate asked them, then what should I do with this man that you call the king of the Jews? They shout it back, the same crowds, crucify him. Why? What crime has he committed? But the mob roared even louder, crucify him. So to pacify the crowd, Pilate released Barabbas to them, and he ordered Jesus flogged with a lead-tipped whip. And then he turned him over to the Roman soldiers to be crucified. What I'm thankful for is that on Jesus' journey to the cross, I want to make sure you understand, Jesus didn't come to die on a cross. He came for me and you. Everything that he did was not just to suffer. It was for me. It was for you. And what's so weird about this passage is what I see in this journey that Jesus took to the cross is they're hailing him as their king in Matthew chapter 21 and just a few chapters later they want him dead because they had an expectation of what they thought Jesus was going to do for them and when Jesus didn't do what they wanted they had no need for him anymore And what I realize is that in many people's lives right now in our country, many people feel like they had no need for him. But boy, is the time changing. As the days go by right now and the hours add up, people are recognizing, I need God in my finances. I need God at work. I need God to heal my marriage. And what I'm seeing like never before right now, man, I believe with every fiber of my being that this is the greatest hour for the church 
I believe that some of us, maybe not yet, but I'm believing that it's happening for you this week, that there's a call of God on your life, that I'm asking that God would, would flip the script on our spiritual devotion. That we, there would be a cry inside of us, like God wants to see us in love with Him. You don't need someone else to teach you how to pray. What you have to do is make up your mind that you want God. I believe that God is shaking the foundations of our country. Who else are we going to turn to? And what happened in, in, in the scripture is in, is in Matthew chapter 21, they thought that Jesus is going to be this great conqueror, this great deliverer. And when he kind of came on the scene and said, that's not what I want to do, they didn't need him. But Jesus' journey to the cross, he was doing exactly what they needed. They thought that they needed a conqueror. They needed it was a savior. They needed it was a friend. They needed it was a lover of their soul. They needed a companion. They needed a restorer. They needed a hope. They needed a Messiah. They needed the anointed one. They needed the healer. And there are so many things in my life right now that I don't need a conqueror. I don't need someone to just pay my bills. He is the provider. But who he is the provider for my soul. Like he is the, the Lord, the, 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 the shepherd. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you are with me. And that is what Jesus came to the cross to be with me. He came to restore a relationship that was was broken and, and and what i love is in multiple passages on jesus's journey to the cross is is he I, I love the passage where he he walks into israel and he says oh israel oh israel how i've longed to gather you like a hen would gather her chicks what his desire was was like a mom wanting to be with their babies God's desire the whole time was to be with us, and we've tried to get something out of God, like this bargain deal, like, God, I'll worship you if you do these things for me. And I, the whole time, God is like, I'm, it's, it's not about that. We're missing the point. And so, really, Jesus kind of flips the script because he's really upset with the, the way that the church has been going for so long. And I think there's a, a, a great part of God that gets angry about church in general, even like I, what I love, there was a a, a post, a, a little meme or a, a picture that I saw floating around the internet this week. It, it said that the church is not uh, angry; it, 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 it's it's just it's um deployed, and uh, and I, I love it because it, it's 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 so true. Like man, we have we've needed to be together for so long to have church that you haven't learned how to have relationship because that is church. You are the church. And we've got to get the Spirit of God in our life. We've got to cry out like these things are not fake, they're real. God is the creator of your soul. He's not like an idea or like, like this far off thing. He wants to have relationship with us. And so right after Jesus gets off the, uh, the colt and he walks into Israel, we see in, in Matthew chapter one, 21, the very next verse in chapter, in chapter 21, verse 12 of Matthew. Jesus says, Jesus entered the temple and began to drive out all of the people buying and selling animals for sacrifice. He knocked over the tables of money, uh, uh, money changers and chairs of all those selling doves. And he said to those, the scriptures declare that my temple will be called a house of prayer, but we've turned it into a den of thieves. Imagine this. People, the, 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 the temple was the heart of the city of Israel, of Jerusalem. And, 
the, the temple became a place where they knew that everyone that was making money, they knew that everyone had to come through the temple. I mean, this is where everything went down. And so people made their business getting as close to the temple or in the temple as possible. And Jesus said, that's not what it's about. As I've realized recently, I mean, we're seeing more and more people in the churches at large like than ever before. The problem is a lot of it has to be done with great lights, with great smoke, with great big bands. And it has to be perfect. Otherwise, people can't enter in. Enter into what? You know, you, we, we're missing the point. Jesus said that if it let me destroy this temple and I'll rebuild it in three days. It's not about us coming to here to have church. It's not about you tuning in to even our service. My heart's desire for you as a pastor is really Jesus' desire for you. And he said like as a hen would want to gather her chicks, God wants to gather you into like your secret place. Like for you to have a prayer closet, a place where you can go and be with God. I believe that this can be one of the greatest moments of your life this week. As we're drawing closer to God, turning off the televisions, like some of you are bored and you're bored and you're bored and you're beginning to fight with family members and like, like let's turn to Jesus right now. Like what he's trying to do is slow everyone down. We've been moving and moving and moving and moving and moving. Let's make time to have a relationship with God. What Jesus' frustration was, was we made it out to be something that it's not. It's about prayer. It's about prayer. It's not about work. It's not about making money. It's not about having a big business. It's, it's, it's not about having a house and a picket fence and all these other. It's about prayer. It's about me connecting with Jesus, me talking with Jesus, me enjoying Jesus, me being, having enough communi- communion with God that I can have enough faith to change somebody else's life. Oh, you're sick? I believe that when prayer, oh, my cousin believes that they have the flu and it could be the coronavirus. In the name of Jesus, I believe that God is going to use me, use you to believe for people's healing. Like there's never been a time where the church should rise up than like right now. I'm stoked because man, the church is on fire right now. People are crying out to God. People are on their knees worshiping. Man, there are so many prophetic words going out right now and that have been found, that have been said about this hour in the church. This is a good day because we can't need this as much as we need this. That's why he came. Not just to die, but he came for me and he came for you. He came for me and he came for you and he came to restore that relationship. I'm begging you this week, let's make this one of the greatest spiritual weeks of our life. Fast. Pray. I love on Jesus' journey to the cross, there's this great moment where he's looking at his disciples, which we're becoming. Will you not pray with me for one hour? People are losing their jobs all across the country. Let's pray. People are looking for hope. Let's pray. The gospel is going out to millions and millions, even as I speak right now. Let's pray. Let's pray. Let's pray. Let's pray. God, move. Touch your people. Let's save people that are, that would, if they died right now, they, would, they wouldn't know you. Let's change this. What I realize is that 
there are people in the body of Christ today that are confused because they had an expectation that it Jesus was coming to do this in my life. And right now, everything has changed. And here's the beautiful thing. I, I don't have to know what he's doing. I know that he's going to do it with me. I know that he's going to do it with you. That's ridiculously powerful is that you're part of his plan. That's empowering. That's empowering. Uh, this week in the description below, there's multiple links. Help me by, um, um, by coming up on stage right now. I'm sorry. Um, if uh, you would go to your thing, let's promo this Easter thing next week. I believe it's going to be geared towards um, the law. So if you just comment on the original post on our Facebook or Instagram, and let's fill that with a few hundred comments. Um, and then you can share it from there. But we want everyone to comment on the original post as much as possible. Here's the deal. Jesus came for me and for you. And there may be some people that are watching right now that have a lot of questions. And may be frustrated with who Jesus is. And have realized that a lot of seasons in your life, you didn't need Jesus. But you need him now. And what I want you to know is that always needed God and he's doing all this to get to you because you mean more to him than anything in this world Jesus loves you and he wants to have a relationship with you and he is dying to get to you uh, the good news is not that he's not angry with you he loves you he loves you he loves you he loves you Grace and mercy to you. I speak it over you. I don't know who you think Jesus is. But I know that he is the lover of your soul. Would you do me a favor? Would you uh, bow your heads and close your eyes for a second? I, I, if you're watching right now and you say, you know, I, I, I know that I'm, I'm not right with God. I, I, even this week I've made some mistakes. Like I... I I want you to know that the Lord wants to wash that away. He has a plan for you. He wants to move in your life right now. And you can just type it right there in and say, well, someone pray for me. Uh, I need prayer. Uh, I, I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life or I want to live for him. You can just type it in there right now. And we have staff members online right now that can reach out to you and connect with you personally. I just want to pray this prayer over you. We're going to sing a song and just close this time with worship. And um, Jesus, I thank you that you are moving. I don't know what you're doing, but I, I know you when you come because you bring peace. And so I, I, you are, Jesus, the Prince of Peace. I speak that over everyone of watching right now, that peace would fill that room in the name of Jesus. Jesus is the King of Kings. He's the Lord of Lords. And He's the Prince of Peace. Lord, would you have your way? Holy Spirit, would you come? What we need is more of you. 
more of you, more of your presence. And I thank you that because you died on the cross, your resurrection, the power of your resurrection has allowed your Holy Spirit to move in my life. Because you died for me, your Holy Spirit moves in my life. And so right now, I'm thanking you, Lord, that your Holy Spirit is filling these rooms right now with the power of the Spirit of the living God. Pray. 
I'm thanking you right now that you are moving in our families, uh, in our homes. Uh, I'm praying for local businesses. I'm praying for local churches. I'm praying for our mayor, for our governor, for our president. Uh, um, I'm thanking you, God, that together we are overcoming. Continue to give us wisdom. Lord, I'm asking for the fire of God to move into all of our hearts in a powerful way. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. And I, I want to remind myself and everyone else that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. Have your way in our lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hey guys, a um, few things um, in closing. Uh, in the description below, there's going to be another link that is a survey. Um, this week, one of our, our vision and mission of our church is to make disciples. And one of the key ways we do that is by connect groups. Um, if you are not in a connect group or on a serve team or in some kind of way meeting uh, weekly right now, uh, we've got connect groups that are meeting throughout the week. And uh, I'm thankful, and they've been fun. And uh, we've been adjusting together. We want to encourage you strongly right now to grow with us. This is how you grow. And so you can do Holy Week with us. You can do whatever you want. If you want to join a connect group in, this, in the description below, there will be a survey. Um, it'll ask you how your experience was this morning online. Uh, but it'll also say, like, do you want to be in a, a connect group or do, would you like more information? You can just check yes and uh, we'll, someone will reach out to you and help you find a connect group uh, for whatever time you need. I love you guys, and um, I'm praying for you every minute, it feels like, right now. And so I'm thankful that we can be together this morning. I can't wait to hug your face. And uh, <laughs> as if you hug someone's face, <laughs> probably time to go. I love you guys. Listen, do me a favor. Text in, Jesus is one. Jesus is one.